Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. woman with her this meeting is being recorded that's new it is it's so annoying I, I that happened to me on a podcast this morning i was like what what's up with that yeah uh hey church planner this is pete uh this is peyton jones there you go look oh, at that i i missed my cue it's almost as if we've done this 434 times is that how many times it's been this is the 435. Gosh, it feels like 435. It feels so you. long. It does. What are you doing nowadays? What's up? Well, I'm kind of going nuts, fighting burnout in a big way. Oh, by the way, for all of you that listened last week and noticed I was off, I did get a message from Steve Erickson uh, who said, dude, you don't have to keep doing the podcast if your heart's not in it anymore. Like you guys have no idea how close to freaking burnout I was last week. I actually Wednesday night, uh, almost in tears, called up a friend and uh, said, Hey, I, I need you to pray for me, dude. I'm, I'm kind of hitting a wall here and I'm getting a little nervous. Um, and I noticed I wasn't that friend. You know, it was hard to know who to call, and and the the person I called has suffered with depression, and uh-huh. I was seriously worried I was heading into the second depression of my life because this project, man, it, it's like having another full time job. Which project? At my house, just oh, building that. this house because I'm the contractor. Like if like this morning, I I, I I I'm on this daily prayer call and I told the guys, Hey, I've got to switch because I got to drive to the DMV this. And I said, so I'll, I'll call in. 
as I leave my office and go down to head downstairs, I'm mobbed by like two tradesmen. Hey, Peyton, we need. So these guys are waiting on the other line. And, and I'm like, this is, this is just my life right now. I get, I get stopped and I'll have three tradesmen working in here, possibly by the afternoon of four. So, um, it's just busy, man. When, when you're contracting your own house. So just to let you guys know, we, we have been rediscovering all of our plumbing problems. And last week was my low point where I was up till 1130 at night with, with the plumber who's a good friend of the new plumber who's telling me this is all the things your old plumber did. He's not charging me any money. He's just fixing it. And he's like, look, um, I got bad news for you. You know, we had to tear into some drywall. Um, and this is the plumber I fired because I just was not happy with his quality of work. As a as a layman, as a non-plumber, I kept getting mad at him and saying, dude, what are you doing? And, uh, and I eventually had to fire him. But last week, there was just something psychologically dismantling about working this hard. I've been displaced for four years. And working this hard on a house and then having to tear into the drywall that I just paid money to tape and mud that I just spent nights painting um, to then it just I hit a wall, man. I was done. And uh, I don't I don't know how to put it, but I I asked for prayer. I I you know, but anyways, going back to um, well done, Steve Erickson, well, well, well spotted and. Um, he was like, if your heart's not in it, you don't got to keep it. And I, oh, He's yeah. just waiting in the wings going, I'm going to pick up that podcast. I'm going to pick <laughs> up that podcast. <laughs> I, I, listen, trust me. Y- you do not want to do a podcast with me. Ask Pete about that. You don't want to do um, a podcast with me. Ask well, that, Pete that's, about what, that. that's what I was, I was going to say. You think you can keep, keep up with Pete Mitchell? You go ahead. You be my guest. <laughs> Let's just say there's a reason Peyton didn't ask me to be anywhere near Ministry Ninja. <laughs> That's not true. But I did need to grow up. I did need to learn how to run my own stuff. You're not the one who runs it, are you? Yeah. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. I mean, you okay. In, you do all in, that? In, I, I did for the first year and something. I just had to learn it. Then, then of course, you know, I delegated it because that's what I do. So You now probably don't even use Alphonic, do you? I don't know what that is. What? What's all phonic? Well, that's, I don't even know. Get all phonic about it on me. I, I think it's some Dutch know. company, but it's who we oh. use for all of our podcasts. They put the intro, the outro, they clean what? it all up. They stick it on Libsyn. They stick it over on YouTube. They stick it everywhere for us. All I got to do is the button. But Barry does it for free. Oh, if you listen to Ministry Ninja, uh, there's this little side conversation that did not get edited out. I mean, me and Andrea are like, yeah, I don't know. You know, blah, blah, blah. We're just totally talking before the podcast. So I had to reach out to Barry. I, there might be a lot of episodes like this. Maybe it is time I call all phonic. Well, but see, you're not supposed to actually, they don't edit anything out. Oh, you got to hand them the. the well, it, it's an automated stuff. service. Um, so I just give them the. Fu- that's why we don't edit anything on our that's podcast. That's so rad, though. That's actually really cool. Dude, you know what? Editing podcasts are stupid. I it is so much oh. better when you just roll with the It's like listen. a radio show. That's I mean, that's what podcasts are supposed to be. It's supposed to be the morning show that you used to listen to on the radio. That's it. You know, you roll with those those little interruptions and you just basically point out, hey, this is life and this is ministry. You're gonna have this. There you go. 
So, dude, what's up? And so, uh, for me, so like, are you, you better? Can, uh, I, I, you know, uh, this is the way depression works, right? There's like a curve of anxiety, and you know, I, I, I kind of hit. I think I've come back over that line, but it wouldn't take much to get me down below it again. That that's how the stress that causes that triggers. That's how it works. There, there's a reason, everybody, that Peyton doesn't call me because he knows I would just say. <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. That's right. That was the original uh, uh, thing of our friendship. Suck it up, Buttercup. That's and what's funny is Pete would always say this. You know, I w- he he wouldn't be serious about it, but he'd say, you know, I would be pouring my heart out, and he'd say, you know, all I all I can think when you're saying this is, suck it up, Buttercup, <laughs> and 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 it would make me laugh, and that was actually what I needed. But I, I'll be honest, when when stuff hits a fan, brother, you you are an awesome friend, and you listen to me. Um, so I'm still waiting never, for a Fortnite game. I'm still waiting. I know we need to do that, but I have I got a Vic last night. Time. I got the Vic last night. It's my you second did? solo Vic. What? I know, Come on, brother. Come on. Yeah, I uh, I, I do want to do that, but I have no life. It's like the textbook again. I have no life right now until this house is done. I have no life. And dude, I remember when I was writing the textbook, I was managing framers and plumbers not very well that electricians like it you know a good tradesman kind of manages themselves and my electricians were awesome my framers were pretty awesome um the plumber sucked so but there there was just so much to do man how much longer how many more months does your home have we're on finished carpentry finished electric started yesterday and then um, finished plumbing will probably take place the weekend after next because my buddy, you know, he, he comes after work or on his weekends. So weekend after next, we'll probably finish out all the plumbing. But I mean, when will the, the whole job be done? I think safely with all of the finished carpentry, um, I believe that the finished carpentry will be the final thing to do. And I think that'll be five to six weeks because we've got like a stairway to put in. We've got, um, I mean, the so right now, you guys just have like a, a rope. You got to climb up the rope. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have, we have like the framed structure of a stairway. So it's there, but no finish, no railings, no, um, no woodwork, no uh, stringers or risers, um, no treads on it. So all that's got to be popped in. Um, and that takes a while. Um, last week we put, um, I had to drive to Santa Ana and back and pick up cabinets because I buy them cheap. I get them where the builders get them from. I won't go into like some showroom and pay like three, four times what they cost to make. So I, I drive to Santa Ana, load up my car and drive back with what I need. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, so I got to do that again. There's just when you're doing it yourself and you're saving a buck. There's a lot more work. Unless you're Steve Erickson, that dude does it all, man. That dude, you watch him do his. But but can you do this, Steve Erickson? That's what I'm asking right here. This is John Allwood. Uh, for those of you on Facebook, you can see these kind of Hobbit-looking bookcases behind me. That's the mastery of John Allwood, who is. I thought those were gun cases. Yeah, uh, that when I was talking to, hey, check out my my bookcases. You were not interested. Then said, check out my my gun cabinets. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All my windows are open, and the, behind me, these are my windows. It's been hot. What can you say? Yeah. So the new uh, the secret doors in. Did I tell you about that? Last you told week? me about it. Don't show anybody. Don't show anybody. It's not secret anymore. Well, they they don't know anything better. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, the secret door could be anywhere. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But it is on my right. I haven't had anything special happen in the last week. Other than your Vic? Well, come on. Of course I got the Vic. Dude, Luke is like at level 140 and his friend's almost at 200. I'm like struggling to get past 84. I'm like, what the heck? These stupid kids, man. They can just level up. They're good. They're good. Uh, Don't worry. No one will know that you're talking to someone else and not. I know. Speaking of which, I have a tradesman. Talk. Talk about Luke. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) See? Um, I have nothing to say, guys. I'm just, uh, I'm a regular dude. Uh, been married for 21 years. Um, <sighs> come on, Peyton. Come on. <laughs> he's like, you like looking back. I wonder if there's anybody even watching this on Facebook today. Let me see if we got any comments. I don't know. Ooh, I know what that is. Uh, that is something I cannot discuss on the podcast. Oh yeah, we do. Check that out. We got some got some people listening in. Okay, now I got to just pause because are you are you coming back? Uh, and and now we're back. There you are, Peter. So when when you have this orphanics, I think I said it right. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. When you have them do that service, how do they know? Like when, because we've now had to interrupt our recording, which we never do. But my 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 laborer is like, "Hey, what do you want me to do next?" So he he ran out of ran out of jobs. So uh, I, I had to tell him because I pay him by the hour. So, uh, but anyways, you're. Um, Will Alphonics know, or will this now be the first part, front part of the podcast? I just, because I don't do it, it doesn't do any editing. So I'm not going to do any editing. So oh, there's going to so be. you paused it. You didn't I paused it. it. Oh, okay. Right. Except I was trying to go on for like a few minutes thinking you would just be like 10 seconds. You need the gift of gab that God gave me because I would have had You're no an extrovert. Problem. I'm an introvert. I don't I'm talk to people. I'm not an extrovert. Dude, you I'm are such so an extrovert. Not- Hey, you, you mistake temperament with gifting. My gifting apostolically is, is extroverted, but my I remember is introvert. when we went to the Calvary Chapel Senior Pastors Conference and you were having me video, you and Brian Borderson for some video for probably the magazine, who knows? And you get into this great conversation with them while I'm standing out <laughs> under the sun. You're under a nice little umbrella. And finally, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I get oh, up man. and leave. And then you like call me. Hey, where are you? I'm like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> it almost ended our friendship. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. You're like, you can't leave me in the sun. I'm melting. I'm melting. <laughs> you guys should see what happened when I threw water on Pete once. When did you throw water on me? Um, I never did, but that was a reference to the gremlins with the mogwai that a bunch of red little fur balls came out of you or, well, the wicked witch did melt when you threw water on her. That's true. We should probably get into the topic because, uh, I still got to leave early today. Oh, you do? Okay. All right. You know, Pete, when you have people, I'm going to make it up. You ready? This is our, uh, our ad because I don't want to pull it up, but 
when you, okay, <clears throat> you know, Pete, let me start over. A set scene. Uh, <clears throat> me, 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 me. Oh, my tree. Pete, when you send people to your website, do you normally just send them there only to have them go away to watch whatever video you've posted on YouTube or to listen to your podcast on iTunes? Well, I bet you do, Pete. And you just need to stop it. Stop it right now. Get a hold of yourself, man. Get Sermon Boss. SermonBoss.com. It keeps everybody on your page, which is where you want them anyways, because you want to be able to keep them there and redirect them so you can brag about big stats to all your pastor friends at the next pastor conference. <laughs> all right. Well, go to SermonBoss.com and uh, for the better reasons, um, actually just keep them on your page and they will collate your sermons. They will keep everything, your your YouTubes, your audio, all in one place. And that's on your homepage, homie, SermonBoss.com. Cha-ching. Yeah, I thought I'd do that for them. All right. Well, hey, now we can pay the bills this month. Uh, great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Oh, by the way, I, I know this is back to Smack Talk. Did I tell you you have to see the movie Nobody? Yes. Did I tell you about it last week? Tell you Christopher um, Walken's in it? Yes. Oh, I'm telling you, it's a great movie. You I can't go wait it. to watch that one. It looks really good. It's. It could just be because we haven't seen a movie in a year, but it's good. <laughs> okay, so I got a question for you. I'm getting ready to write a blog, uh, and you're going to shoot it down here, but I gotta, I, I'm getting ready to write a blog about how the church is in danger of becoming like the movie theater. Because I got this oh. theory... That now that you can watch, because you're saying you got to go watch nobody. I'm like, oh, I'm totally checking if that's one of those digital things I can like pay the price it, of a ticket. I got to rent it for twenty bucks on Amazon. Oh, see, I'm totally doing that. Screw Not, the movie. Wait, theater. wait a few more weeks and it'll be five. Man, I'm telling you, I don't care about going to the movie theater anymore. Like, I, my home is rad. It's it's got all the conveniences. I don't need a big giant screen unless. I'm doing something important, right? Like I'm going to watch the next Star Wars. I got to be in a theater. I'm going to watch E.T. Part 2. Uh, you know, E.T. E.T. loses it and, uh, you know, uh, goes biker or whatever. E.T.'s finger gets rock. cut off. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like Escape from New York? But it's like with E.T. and they, they gives that. They should have E.T. The, escape from New York. Right? Because remember that when he gives it the guy the finger and the, the mayor's finger in a box? Remember that? As proof of life. Yeah I, yeah, I watched was, Escape from LA more than Escape from New York. Yeah, so so ET ET escapes New York. So I'm going to go watch that in the theater, right? Any major franchise, I'm, but by and large, Pete, I I see the church just basically did a number on itself by basically saying, "Hey, you could just rent us digitally from the comfort of your own home." I don't think a lot of people are coming back. I said that in the beginning. Statistics are showing that. Uh, influencers are speaking that what to do when they don't come back. Well, they, they're not coming back. You basically made yourself obsolete. You have become like the movie theaters. You're needed for big events. You're like needed the government for baptisms. Told us we had to close down. You're needed for baptisms. You're needed for weddings and funerals. You're needed for the big franchise events. But other than that, you know, people can just rent it at home for twenty dollars or free. I wonder how many people even understand what baptism is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I understand uh, pastors nobody. get it. But I mean, I don't even know that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I got to go get baptized. 
Well, you would kind of have to preach the gospel to get people to know what baptism is. I'm just saying, though. Yeah. I'm wondering if you got yeah. people who are like not even coming back. I don't think they're coming back for baptism. No, they're not. And but that's what I'm saying is that the gathering, the church gathering. I believe that people are going to use the church like as a service um, that that they need for weddings, funerals, um, even even you know supposed evangelical Christians. Um, now, uh, that said, I don't have a major problem with that. Like, I would have no issue with people doing home churches, house churches, um, smaller localized gatherings, micro churches. I don't mind that. Um, where I think that gets dangerous is without any kind of greater network, governing network body. Um, this is not our topic, by the way. Um, without any greater network, maybe it should be our topic, but without any go- governing body, um, you run the risk of aberrant theology, um, heresy, all those kinds of things. So I'm not advocating for like this no structure it's simply because in uh, when you read Acts, you had the Jerusalem Council. You had a group that got together and said, okay, let's hash things out. Let's make sure we don't go off the rails here. I do have a problem with Bubba off on his own, um, leading his house church, reinventing all of the same wheels that, you know, the mega church movement did, you know, personality driven, authoritarian power. I mean, the human heart sucks. Mm-hmm. And these greater um, forms of accountability are always um, fraught with, with danger. Like people might say, oh, I don't believe in denominations. That's cool. I don't believe in you. You know, um, I, I, I don't believe in you as your own denomination. Um, I think you need accountability. I think you need uh, something more than just yourself. That's great that it's you and the Holy Spirit. But, um, you know, it's me and the Holy Spirit. And I don't agree with you and the Holy Spirit. Me and the Holy Spirit say this. So, uh, you know, I, I think there is a great sense of joining bigger networks and I don't just mean church planning networks or I just mean networks, networks of other churches that travel together in the same direction. End statement. <laughs> uh, that was not a mic drop either. It was no, just I couldn't give it that. the end of my thought. Yeah. But I but I do think that we have made ourselves a bit like the uh, the movie theater. Um, we, we have become obsolete in the COVID. Our response to it was not, hey, like, like, for example, you and I talked years ago and you were like, man, this new luxury movie theater, this is the future of movie theaters. And I agree. Premium movie theaters are the future um, where I can go in and I can get a beer. I can get a meal served to my to my seat. Now, if you're going to couple that with the movie. Um, that's something I can't get at home. Because that's an experience. Right. And now Uber Eats can kind of come near to that, but I can't have a, you know, freshly uh, poured draft beer. Um, I can't have someone uh, bringing me whatever I need off a menu with this like luxury, comfortable. Like th- there are things that that it's an experience, like you said, and it is uh, luxury. You feel like you're being pampered. So picture this now with the church. Um is there a degree to which um, we could have, and this is what I argued for in the beginning, is post-COVID, we should, or actually mid-COVID, um, we should have been saying, 
this is great. This is fine and all, but it ain't it, right? Like instead, people are like, this is wonderful. We suddenly learn how to go digital. That's great. That's fine. It was necessary, but it wasn't it. What well, we and they were also saying, oh, look, everyone's showing up. Right. Our attendance right. hasn't dropped. Right. Which means that someone else was curious and tuned into your thing because they saw you on social media because you suddenly went digital. And that's great and good and all. But those are just looky-loos coming in to check you out. Um, they're gone now because the novelty wore off. Right. Um, like it always does. So my, my point is, why not have a, a series of... Um, Things that you tell people, hey, this is great, but it ain't what you need. What you need is, and we talk like I just got off a podcast um, with, you know, talking about healing and spiritual gifts on the Ministry Ninja podcast. Cha-ching! Do I have to cha-ching another podcast? Why not? Do I, do I have to smooch you? Like, do I, you know, do I have to reaffirm my love to you when I mention another podcast? Look, I understand that you two-time me. <laughs> and I've just come to accept that we have an open podcast relationship. That is true. I, I do. I do get a little jealous of Dan Sam's, but then I, I don't say anything because he has a lot of guns, but going to, um, you know, this whole idea of what are the things that the church should be offering as like premium saying, this is, this is why you would come back. Right. Um, the use of the spiritual gifts. And, you know, again, we talked digital pros and cons last week. Hold on. You hear that? You can hear the chugga chugga. Yeah. You can hear it? I love that noise. We got a we got a slow rumbler. So there's different trains. I got the bullet train. I got the um, uh, high speed. I've got the uh, the normal. I've got the coaster. I've got the Amtrak, and then I've got um, I've got freight trains. I I get occasionally this. Is, oh wow! Yeah, that's a freight train. That's why it's making that noise. That's my freight train. But it's it's going the wrong way, and it's at a weird time. Normally, we get the big slow rumbler at night, but he has the loudest horn. And I, I, I may have committed a couple of felonies in the past out of annoyance. Felonies? Yeah, I can't talk about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there, there was a season of irritation with the freight train, but I really like it. But he has the loudest horn. So... Um, Yesterday, the first time ever, a train went by and someone was playing with the horn on the train. They did the dun 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 really? I absolutely never heard that before in 10 years. Dun 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 dun. Wow. And they must have had like a kid or something up front because as he was going down the tracks, it kept going doot doot, you know, like little things like someone was playing around. It was pretty funny. But um, yeah, 10 years, never heard that. You would think. That would just be something train conductors would do occasionally to kick out the jam. I've always wanted to put like a train horn on my car. That way I could oh, just like, God. when I honk, it just shakes everyone in front. Oh, that would be so great. You, we should have an aggressive horn. 
either that or I always wanted uh, the Dukes of Hazard, like Cucaracha, you know? Ooh. That horn. That would be awesome. Right? And that how that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it wasn't like Cucaracha. Yeah. But well, you know what you're thinking is some food trucks play that when they pull up. I think so. Yeah. In Southern California, some will play it. And some play the. So you, I see where I see how that. This is what our podcast has become. We're talking about horror. No, no, it hasn't, Pete. It hasn't become that at all. It's always been this. Oh my gosh! Hey, the Church Planner Podcast is brought to you by two guys who don't really care. Two guys who aren't getting paid to give it to you anyway. That's right. That's right. I, you know, it's funny. We do the sermon boss um, that trade, but I still haven't. He keeps. Well, I think he gave up on me. He's like Peyton. You have that stuff yet? And I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to give it to him. I'm spending too many plates, man. And I, I told him I won't be ready for you until May, and it's not. It's still May, right? You got five days. I got five days, man. I'm going to use them. There you go. So, anyways, so going back to movie theater, what what do you think are some of the premium things? Because, like, I just got off that call, like I said, with um, healing. You know, I think that there are certain things that are done most effectively face to face, and so we talk the pros and cons of digital. And I'm really beginning to see uh, digital as a huge opportunity that we are not, and I don't mean the church service. I just mean digital for so many things. I, I'm just, I'm actually kind of blown away right now with how many, what an aggregator, what all these other things that we do, how big digital could be for the church. And, and hear me out on this. In the, in the, in the, in the, you know, post-war Britain, C.S. Lewis was approached by the BBC. Um, he was a famous author. He had done Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and he, they knew him. As a theologian, even though he was not seminary trained, he didn't have any theology degrees, but this Oxford Don, this very highbrowed uh, critical thinker um, who is known to be religious, takes to the British airwaves on the BBC and delivers a series of lectures called Mere Christianity, still the highest best-selling apologetic work of all time. So you got to think about that. He harnessed radio in in a way that that very few Christians had and really gave theology for every man or the gospel or a rational biblical approach to Christianity. Well, and also think about J. Vernon McGee. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever been hurt as much as him. Yeah. Because... I mean, I remember growing up and we we would listen to his sermons on the way to school every day. Right. And he was like the first guy on radio doing that. Dear dear Dr. McGee, I have now been on the Bible bus for seven years. David would not like the guitar. He didn't say (laughs) five strings. (laughs) Now, I've always believed that if Jesus was in business today. Hey, put Weber's out of business. Yeah, man. J. Vernon McGee. Remember when they'd write in, uh, Dear Dr. McGee, I have now been on the Bible bus for, yeah, they called it the Bible bus. Did they? I don't remember. So that. would this be the church planner bus? Ooh. 
Cheer Peyton and Pete. I have now. Well, been see, on the even church. Biola got its name because of the Biola Hour. Yeah, you know where they had uh, a radio show for an hour, and that's when they sure did got to know it. They sure did. Yeah, my you buddy's know, dad um, was like, "Well, who's this Pete guy you're going to be working with?" Oh, you know, he's a good guy, Dad. He went to Biola. Oh, he went to Biola? He goes, he goes I didn't even know my dad knew what Biola was because he lives in Northern California. And uh, I'm like, Biola Hour. Man, he, he grew up he in grew a time when people time, heard yeah. the Biola Hour. You know, I it, it started with me. This is why I talked to Sermon Boss, is it started with me thinking I've withheld my sermons because I just think it's so creepy to like showcase my own preaching. To me, preaching has always been in the moment. And yet how hypocritical that is for me, because I read the sermons of Spurgeon and Lloyd-Jones like they're going out of business. I read other people's sermons. I have books of sermons. I have a book called Great Preachers I Have Heard, where a guy just took notes on all these sermons. I geek out on that crap. But for me, there was just like this weird ego thing where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to put it on there. I'm, I'm going to. And recently I was like, no, I'm going to put them out there for people. You know, we talk about how I preached in church planning, you know, to reach people, how my my preaching changed over the years from being at Lloyd-Jones's church, preaching very theological sermons, very um to then going for very much more evangelistic to more missional to more um to, to not very cultured and polished at all with biblically illiterate people like my preaching or to, to refuge Long Beach, whatever that was. But there, there, I, I thought to myself, maybe I do need to put them out there so people can learn, not model, not model them, not, um, that'd be weird to think this is how I preach. You should preach like me. Um, but that kind of led to this thing where I'm like, okay, I think I'm freed up. I think I must start doing this. Um, I, I, it doesn't hang, hang me up anymore to think I could put them on there, but now I'm actually getting rather than retroactive, I'm getting proactive. Like I see the digital world right now opening up to me. Like I could start communicating with non-believers and kicking out some major apostolic jams, which is what I do on through the word. I mean, so many people coming onto that thing are what we call uh Bible curious, um, so they, they just come on there and they're like, I, I just, I want to know about the end of the world. Like revelation took off this year. Who did revelation on, on our app? Chris. Revelation. Did he? Yeah, he did. He did it. And it went, it was like huge on you version. Like it's one of their top ones. We got a flood of people from you version. Um, and you know, but I'm just seeing like the digital world. We get these amazing comments from people who come to faith through the app. Um, like the Bible bus. Uh, but you know, it, to me, Pete, as I'm looking at this, I'm seeing like, why are we limiting the digital thing to church? Why, why do we see that as the bucket? Like, so insular. Why not, if you're going to go digital, really make this thing about reaching lost people and engaging the culture? So how would you um, do that? I'm still working through that and thinking that, but, you know, the, for the purpose of this podcast, really, it was how do we provide that that premium um, uh, thing to the church? How do we provide the the premium service like the the you know, what's the Sinopolis, the luxury movie theater in Southern California? Maybe it's all maybe it's nationwide, 
but how do we go from being an AMC? I think they just went bankrupt. Sinopolis. I could see. I mean, I could see every movie theater in America. Didn't AMC close as well? Um, they got money, so they are kind of surviving. Regal is kind of surviving, but they're all in danger of. I don't think people closing. go back the same way. I think I've gone the last two weeks, and there's hardly anyone in the theater. Right. And I don't think they bounce back. One, there's no movies, and two, I think people are still scared. I think people are scared, but I also, that this is probably a wrong prediction, but my prediction is too many people are like me. If you keep offering for me to watch it at home, why bother? Well, yeah, watch it HBO Max, when they said they're going to release all the Warner Brothers movies for 2021 on HBO Max, I told Jamie, I go, well, we're not quitting HBO Max for the year because it's cheaper I to watch it there. love this. Like, I am so all about it. Um I want to have a movie theater, like I said, for the big events. But for me, there's a couple things. Eating. Now, I, I, I sat through a panel um, for Exponential Ventures where people were like, oh, yeah, we totally take communion. Digital. Like, there were whole digital churches that were taking communion together. They would have the elements and they would, they would have their avatars or whatever, or they would be on Zoom. Different people have different ways of doing this. Um, but for me, I want face-to-face community. That's going to always be something for me that I'm going to always crave. Um, and so so I'm not, uh, I would say eating is one. Um, the supernatural, um, the use of the gifts is another, but this requires interaction. And this is kind of going back to Church Zero, cha-ching, where I have always, that, that book, more than even being an apest manifesto, was more about interactivity in church and ministry in general. Interactivity is something, interaction, discussion, um, allowing people to, to share their own thoughts and feelings. It's what drives social media. How the church has not harnessed that, right? Um, which is very easily accomplished in digital church in one sense on a Zoom call, but everybody knows if you're in a meeting, with your coworkers, you know, versus on a Zoom call, you know that people are half switched off. They're tuned out in a way that they aren't in a face-to-face meeting. You can. That's why. Because you can switch out. You can tune out. You can turn off. You can switch out. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, I watched a video of a guy recently where he has um, this background. He has a green screen behind him while he's driving. Uh, while he's of, driving? While he's driving. So he can be driving around and be in his meeting and running errands. It was so funny. And um, But but people are, uh, if you think of your own experience, if I'm on a Zoom call, I'm not, I'm not paying attention. I'm just not. You know, it's hard for me to sit in meetings like that. If I'm face to face. I went to this uh, seminar last year, virtual seminar. This was this was the best virtual seminar I'd ever seen. And what happened was these guys, uh, their whole business was they would do seminars, live seminars for, you know, the big names in the coaching field, you know, like the Tony Robbins and really, but more the the internet marketer side, Russell Brunson, Frank Kern. Well, I don't think he does any events anymore. But anyway, stuff like that. And so their business obviously dried up because everybody closed. You couldn't do it. 
And uh, so they were like, oh, we got to we got to pivot here. We got to pivot digital. So they made this studio. And they call it Zoomzilla because they had 1200 people on their Zoom and you were, you were grouped up. And so the speaker could see all the people and of course everyone could see him. So he's like, like live event, right? He's got his mic on, he's walking around and they mailed to everyone beforehand, this box of goodies. And in it, they had like uh, a heart emoji on a stick fire emoji on a stick and something else on a stick and you go all right everyone give me some hearts you know and you'd see everybody like flashing up their hearts and stuff it was it was actually the best virtual event i'd been to because really figured out a way to get people to interact with him and that kept everyone tied in and then he would you know call on people hey like i want screen five uh third row second person over and then they'd bring that person in and you know he could talk to that person it was it was that's really pretty cool well that's actually really cool I, yeah. i'd be interested in you uh kind of like do you have a recording of that i don't know if, if they put a recording up of it if you if you have one or, or find one send it to me if if there's a way to um even for you to write an outline like kind of highlighting what he did that would make a great article for your newsletter number one number two i'd steal that for a blog and pop it in there and talk about that because i i I do think even if it's zoom like we may be forced back into zoom again um i do think the interaction i can see like i don't want to i don't want to crap on this because i i could see the potential of what going digital um through covid did for leaders like for example i could see that um it it opened the opportunity for pastors to be more interactive with the talking heads, like the Brady Bunch, for them to go exactly what you said. Hey, what do you guys think about this? So when people would come to me for like coaching or, you know, whatever, I would say, well, make it interactive. And when you reopen, use that momentum to then say, hey, what you loved about us being on there, we're going to bring that in. This was the perfect excuse and opportunity to reset and go to more interactive. Um, there is a reason why during the COVID pandemic, small groups exploded. They exploded. People were starved for community yep. and they went towards small groups. And the average church pastor started going, wow, our, like our small groups are hot right now. Our small groups used to never be hot. Now they're hot. And now I will tell you this. Once people get a taste of a good small group, you never, ever, the Sunday service is always going to be second best to them. That's not where they grow. And I've always argued that when I would say we're back to front church in any church I've planted, it's because what happened in those groups was that's where the magic happened, right? That was the MTV um, cribs bedroom scene right there. This is where the magic happens. Those small groups, cogs, micro churches, missional communities, whatever you want to call them, that's where the real church stuff happened. Sunday was great because it was still interactive, but everybody knew this is like a taster for what really happens. Yeah. The other thing, too, that they did, you know, with Zoom, you can do those meeting rooms and you can break everyone up into yeah, rooms. breakout rooms. Yeah. Breakout rooms, whatever they call them. They did that. So, I mean, you could still do that. Like in your yeah. case, you could do the question. All right, guys, here's the question. We're going to break you up in small groups. Go ahead and talk to everyone else in your group. And, and that way you have that, that communication. 
It's funny you say that because um, I'm actually getting ready to launch Reaching the Unreached cha-ching, as a cohort, an online cohort. Oh, nice. And what I'll do literally is breakout groups because the way I train, I'm constantly breaking whoever's in the group. I'll take up to 12 people in this thing when I run it. Um, but I, I think Reaching the Unreached just gives itself naturally to a... Um, to a, a, a digital cohort um, because what I'm asking them to do is come up with their plan. So like uh, for, for the whole point would be like mobilizing your congregation, but in order to do that, you have to be mobilized. So you're constantly looking at your own lifestyle, your own life as a leader. Like, what do I need to model? So that's the first part. Everybody thinks they're coming in there to, to mobilize their congregation. The first thing, like, can you imagine refuge long beach? If I weren't, mobilized on mission there like i had to it's like paul where he goes hey i came into you you knew you knew my manner of life you knew like i had to do the scary stuff and people had to watch me doing the scary stuff and then they're like oh i could do that <laughs> you know if this knucklehead can do it i can for sure do that so hmm. and that's that's what but anyways going back to this um even even corporate worship like like if you did corporate worship um there's just something about the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room. Not that you can't feel that on a Zoom call. I know you can, but there's just something about the freedom that exists. Like you, you couldn't spontaneously. Like remember when we used to have open time? That would be really hard on a Zoom. Yeah. Unless you raise your hand and someone calls on you or what have you. But I'm not. I'm not opposed to having these conversations. I don't want to be like the naysayer and like shoot it down. I'm up, I'm I'm open to having the conversations and exploring it. Um, and I may I may kind of come to the conclusion that this is good, but it's not great. It's a second option. I I can see the people in digital space that are saying, "Hey, I want to have this be um, for people who won't come to church." But I, I think I'll always feel like that's cool, but your goal should be to get them to an incarnational community. I think that will always be to me what the bridge ought to be. I don't mind them doing it, but I just think, like, I actually think for me, it's not so much digital church as much as like digital discussion groups, Zoom calls for non-believers led by apostolic and evangelistic leaders that would, would, you know, like when you're watching like, like the evangelistic stuff on the pier or on the streets, you watch those videos on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, and you see those come up, holding those in digital space, digital forums, what used to be university camp debates, those kinds of things that the church, it's like, we're silent. It's like crickets chirping, man. We ought to be seeing more of that. Why we didn't go after that. So that's what's turning my wheels and cogs right now is I'm starting to think, how can I start infiltrating this brave new world, this vast mission field in front of me and start reaching that in future? So uh, when this house gets done, eh, it should be about six weeks. I will have more margin mentally. I have no mental real estate right now, but these are just seeds that are germinating little, little, uh, little ideas that are starting to smolder. But I really think, you know, every, every, every planter, every leader needs to be asking, what are the things 
the premium things that you need to have to meet face to face? And how can I be presenting that and sending that message out? That would be the message I would send. I dig it. Yeah. And I guess that's our time. There you go. Well, Peyton, uh, <laughs> wait, you're Pete. I'm Peyton. There you go. Um, let me ask you, what do you do when you are developing all of these premium uh, services for your church, Pete, and you have no mental margin or real estate to do all your bookkeeping or your financial uh, obligations between the IRS and the state that you're in and uh, also to your donors? Where do you go, Pete? Uh, Simplifymargin.com. Wait, nope, that's not it. Simplifychurch.com. That's where I go. Simplify Church. Simplify Church. That's it. All right. Simplifychurch.com. It's that simple. Head on over there and tell them that Peyton and Pete Mitchell sent you. And ask. And I don't mean we're a couple. When I say it like that, I meant Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell. And ask them about their Fortnite circle. Where you know, could you join the squad and be a part of that? You need to ask them about that. Is is Josh Henry a player? I don't know, but that'd be great if he was. Wouldn't it, though? You know, it says they take care of all your bookkeeping needs on most digital service, which might include a paid boost in in Fortnite. There you go. I want to reach number one. I need to hit the leaderboards. I got to get the the, the Vic. Hey, go to Simple. Wouldn't that be funny if this week a ton of our listeners actually wrote into Simplify Church and said, hey, I hear you can help me get number one in Fortnite. I was listening to Church Planner Podcast. I I can't help anyone, but friend me on Fortnite. (laughs) What's your gamer tag? Uh, I think it's Pete Mitch 4649 or it's well, 4946. It's one of those. Not surprising. I'm on Xbox. If anyone wants to befriend me, it's New Breed. Pink. I've tried friending you and you wouldn't <clears throat> friend me back. I have not been friended by you. I tried. New Breed Punk. Try it again and I'll, I'll go in. I've been in him forever. I, I got to go in there and figure. Friend me again. Send me a fresh one. New Breed Punk. And I'll uh, I'll do it. Cool. All right, that's our gamer tag. If you guys want to hook up, we should do a Church Planner podcast uh, Fortnite rendezvous. Dude, How cool that would that be, be hot. Wouldn't Come it? on, let's do it, and we'll advertise it on Facebook and stuff, and we'll yeah. we'll give out prizes. We'll live stream the game on Facebook while we're podcasting. By the way, those of you that help promote Church Plantology, your books have been sent, and I have been seeing them pop up that you received them. If you still want to get a free signed copy of Church Plantology, cha-ching, go ahead and start showing it off, spreading things. You can ask, take my posts, share them out. If I see you doing that, I might just send you a book. Cool. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.